Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The nerve of the Chicago Bulls to preempt this fine radio show on Thursday. And yet still we discuss them. And we do so right now as we go to the hotline, the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, to find Will Purdue, our friend Will Purdue, from the pre- and post-game show on NBC Sports Chicago. Hello, Will. Welcome in this evening. Hope all is well with you. Oh, Matt, thank you very much. It sounds like that uh, Chuck Swirsky just gave you a left hook and knocked you uh, off the air on Thursday. I mean, doesn't he know how many thoughts I have, Will? Like, I... (laughs) I am just bursting with content. I don't know what Thursday's news is yet. I don't know, but I'm sure that my thoughts would be great. No, man, it's cool. It's cool that the Bulls are there in Paris. Um, it, have you, have you, did, did you ever play over there? Did you ever play in Europe or in Mexico City as an NBA player for one of those kind of you know, one-offs? I, I, I can't remember when they started actually doing them, Will. Yes, I did. I actually played in Mexico City uh, when I was with, uh, I think, might have gone to Mexico City twice, once with the Bulls and once with uh, San Antonio. But mm-hmm. um, this was also a lot earlier than it is now. But that was kind of in the uh, initial phases of that. The one thing I do remember when we went to Mexico City, <laughs> they told us, they said, hey, when it gets dark, get back to the hotel. <laughs> and did you follow along with that? Um, I can honestly say, I think, I don't think a, a player from either team left the hotel. <laughs> just, just be nice and safe and do what you do. That, that city has evolved. I'm told it's an unbelievable food town, unbelievable cuisine town these days, uh, Mexico City. Well, so if you ever get a chance well, to get back. I've heard too, and I'm sure things are a lot better because now we have you know, golfing events down there. We got uh, NASCAR has been going down there periodically. So, you know, my understanding is things have changed dramatically. Yeah, I think that is indeed the case. Will Purdue joining us here on Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. What a great night for Vooch. He had the touch going from long range, and maybe that helped um, with the aggressiveness or the feel inside, but he ties the career high with 43. Did the Bulls um, move the ball through him? Did they play through him more? Or was it just a night where he had the touch and the numbers piled up, Will? Well, I think it was a little bit of both, quite honestly. I think it was, A, an adjustment without DeMar DeRozan. B, um, his ability, as you just talked about, to knock down a couple threes. You know, Kendall and I kind of talk about, you know, the number of threes he shoots per game. And and honestly, I know Kendall was like, you know, hey, I want him to shoot three or less. I'm more concerned about the quality of the threes. And I thought that the timing, you know, and a lot of it also has to do with timing. You look at the shot clock and I know everybody says, Hey man, if he makes it, it's a good three. But sometimes, you know, even when you take a shot, depending on when it is on the shot clock, depending on the situation, you know, with the score of the game, what's been happening, you know, it, it's, yeah, sometimes you get lucky and it goes in, but I thought the timing of his shots uh, was very good. I thought, you know, how they moved the basketball through him was outstanding. And, you know, listen, I know 
people don't like to hear this because the game has changed. But you have to take a team and how it's built. And then you have to ask ask yourself, what is the best way for this team to win? And I've been talking about it. Kendall has been talking about it. Stacy's been talking about it. Vooch needs to get touches. But now the question is, with DeMar coming back, this as you just mentioned before, right before I came on, you know, he said he's going to play on Thursday. So does that change the game plan? Because I know Billy even said after the game, we need to get him more touches. He needs to get the basketball because of the fact that he hardly ever takes a bad shot, which I agree with, and he's also a willing passer. And, you know, I, you can't necessarily say that about, you know, every single player, not necessarily just on this team, but in the league. But he's a guy that understands how to win. Boy, so is it is it just a – is it just that big of an ask to have a team play through Vooch when you have two – very good perimeter scorers who want the ball and need their touches. I mean, is that something that an NBA coach can get done? Even one with the pedigree and the seeming gravitas of of Billy Donovan. Is it that big of a hump to get over in terms of those players and what they need and want? Because it, it seems like if that's the right thing, they should have been trying to do it that way more often. Well, listen, I mean, that's just my opinion that that's the way because of how this team is built, they have to win because, you know, listen, I don't think the the offense as a whole, I don't think there's really a problem. You know, we're not asking Vooch to score 43 a night. We're not asking Vooch to score 30 a night. You know, we're not even necessarily asking him to score 20 a night. But what we're asking is, is to run the offense through him, meaning and I'll be very transparent. You're taking the ball out of Zach's hands. You're taking the ball out of DeMar's hands. And you're allowing Boots to make the decisions. But what I think happens, Matt, is is that, you know, Boots kind of alluded to it last night that it, it wasn't so much him. It was the player movement and the ball movement and the ball finding him. And I think everybody that watches the Bulls know that sometimes – this team becomes a little stagnant on the offensive end because there's a lot of isolation basketball that happens. Now, when you get in the fourth quarter, things do slow down. That's kind of the way the NBA has now been established. So it is important to have a guy like DeMar, to have a guy like Zach. But the biggest thing I think, Matt, is, is these guys have to realize, and you know, we talk about work ethic and we talk about this and we talk about that, but you know, one of the words I don't think we use a lot is sacrifice. And sometimes you have to sacrifice a little for the good of the team. Hmm. It's uh, it's interesting stuff. What what went so well last night, other than uh, uh, other than than the great night for Vooch? Uh, how do you explain the Bulls stepping up to beat a Golden State team with Clay and Steph? Well, I think a lot of it also had to do with Alice Caruso. I mean, you go back and you look at the numbers. You know, just just plain and simple. Let's go plus minus. And when you talk about the best plus minuses for this Bulls team is when, you know, Caruso is on the floor. I mean, you, he had the full stat line. He had the steals. He had – now, we don't have on the stat line, but the coaches keep his, his deflections. He had a few points. You know, we're not necessarily asking him to score. I mean, he's diving on the floor. You know, he's doing all the little things. Some of it shows up on the stat sheet. Some of it doesn't. But he's one of those guys that, you know, if you just look at the stat sheet, you just think, eh, He's kind of just, you know, an average player. But if you if you watch him play, you truly realize how important he is to this team. 
But also, let's make sure we give him the credit, credit where credit is due. You know, a guy that we all thought that probably was not going to play much this year was kind of like the odd man out, a guy they tried to trade in the offseason and really couldn't get, you know, solid uh, return for is Kobe White. He's really worked on his game. I think his ball handling is much better. His decision-making has improved dramatically. I love his aggression of attacking the rim. But I also think that he's done a better job, kind of like we just mentioned, you know, with Vooch of identifying the difference between a good shot and a better shot. Will Purdue here with us on 670, the score. Um, do, you, do you think they would dare trade Vooch? I know there's the thought process that he might, you might just leave and, and get nothing. I, I, I feel like I, if my gut says that they're going to play this out, hope they get Lonzo back, hope this team gets hot, hope they are a playoff team this year and do what they can. Uh, or do you think we might get surprised at the deadline? Well, I've, I mean, it's, <laughs> it literally is like, you know, I, I, I always wonder, you know, you, it's that one thing about you ask somebody what's the secret ingredient in some kind of, you know, whether it's a beer or some kind of food. And they're like, well, if I tell you, I'd have to kill you. I, 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 I think that is the motto coming out of the, the uh, practice facility over there because there's no information that comes out of that building. But that being said, and this is just me playing general manager, if you're going to bring Vooch back, and I don't know, maybe they think they want to bring Vooch back, but at a specific number, not just, hey, we're bringing Vooch back at any number. And maybe they're sitting there saying, hey, we'd like to have him back, but at a specific number that they haven't discussed yet. But if you have any inkling that you might not need him next year or you think you're going in a different direction, I would think you would have to trade him. Mm. And, and try to get something of value because the last thing you do want to happen is like you just said, is have him walk for nothing. Man. Because then what did you end up getting out of that trade besides getting rid of a lot of assets? Yeah. <laughs> and now you have nothing left out of that trade. But I truly feel like they should keep Vooch. I think he's still got a lot of left in the tank. I think we saw, you know, a lot of it last night, but you know, I, it's just uh, trying to figure out what those guys are doing. I think you have a better chance of hitting the lottery, quite honestly. You know, I, I got to say, like, just in terms of the makeup and the work ethic and what he's willing to do, he, he you know, you ask him to step up and play more interior defense, and he has. You ask him to be the third option, and he has. You ask him when somebody's hurt to be the second option, and he does, like, I, you know, there's there's a lot to like in his flexibility and his potential as a piece. Like he's not what I look at and say he's the problem of the mix in that way. I suppose. Well, a lot of people seem to think he is the problem because a lot of people are aggravated that they made the trade. And you know, Wendell Carter Jr. is playing well. We see what Lowry Marketing is doing. But you know, honestly, when those guys were here, they didn't fit. Now, the people that drafted him, they're not here either. The, the people that were constructing the team, the coaching staff, they're not here either. So there's been a lot of changes. And at the time they were here, they just didn't fit. Things didn't go well. Uh, you know, a perfect example is anytime you talk to Lowry Marketing and Casey Johnson has done numerous interviews with him, he constantly says, I was the problem. Huh. I had to look myself in the mirror and I knew I had to make some changes. But that's, that's on him. And he made those changes after being traded. And let's also remember, he wasn't the player that he is right now when he was in Cleveland, because I guarantee you if he was, they wouldn't have included him in that trade. Yeah. But it's after he got traded twice 
that he realized, holy, I'm, I need to make some changes. Yeah. And he did. And now, look, I mean, he's going to go to his first All-Star game. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But, you know, you, you made the biggest statement of all if they get Lonzo back. Because if, I don't know if you saw that uh, interview that they put out, yeah. excerpts from today, yeah. about there is a, according to him, there is a timeline that if he can't get back by a certain time, then they're going to shut him down because then he doesn't have enough time to get prepared to be able to play. And yeah. that's, that's not what you wanted to hear. No, no, it isn't. The entire tone of that interview and the tone of even the positivity was couched in negativity, if you know what I mean. Like just hearing it, it was like, Ugh. it, uh, it did well, not feel good. You know, I, I, a lot of people got excited because he put the video out of him dunking and, yep you know, doing some things, but he's even admitted as has the organization that those things are still causing discomfort. And according to them, he will not play until those, till there's no discomfort whatsoever. Yeah. Scary stuff. That's for sure. Um, all right, Will, I got to ask you about this. I don't know if you happen to see it. Um, Shaq tweeted out, uh, a painting that somebody had gotten to him and here's the matchup. Okay. The team is Shaq, Larry Bird, Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson. Okay? That's, yep. that's one starting five. The other starting five is Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, and Steph Curry. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good five-on-five five right there. Shaq said, yeah, I, I saw that. I saw Shaq said, well, who's going to guard me? <laughs> yes. So is but, it- but the problem, the thing is the other nine guys are saying the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that right there, you know, um, that literally, in my opinion, is a toss up because it's just obviously the team with Giannis, and KD and LeBron, they're much more athletic. Yeah. So you're talking about athletic, you know, and that's, that's the thing I always discuss and always talk about the league. Now the league has a lot more athletes in it, but they're athletes playing basketball. And I don't want to say that they're not basketball players because they're very good at it. But the league back then was more basketball players than athletes. So it depends on, you know, who can, who can control. If you wanted to put that game together oh. and you play that game when all 10 guys are in their prime, come on. Shaq makes a very good call on that. But I don't think Shaq is willing to give Joel Embiid the credit of how good he really is. Seriously. I mean, Embiid with, with post moves, I mean, not quite as good as Akeem, but, but pretty damn close and can also shoot. So he's drawing Shaq out. And then Giannis is, is patrolling the middle and KD's driving and stuff. This would be a damn good game, I think. Yep. Now, here's the thing. And this is what I want to remember people of. Larry Bird, as ugly as he is to watch play, because he's not very athletic at all. You can call him a plotter. You can call him whatever you want. But whenever he made a prediction, it came true. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people don't know about Larry Bird is that, yeah, he was cocky, but he always, always backed it up. So much so that during the All-Star uh, weekend one year, he walked into the locker room for the three-point contest and said, which one of you suckers are coming in second? <laughs> and then, just to prove his point, 
he did the whole three-point contest with a sweat jacket on and still won. <laughs> See, I look at this. And, I look at this, and I think, Will, that like Jordan and Kobe, both of them would get all caught up in the one-on-one and the hero ball, and they'd be good enough <laughs> to have it matter. But it'd be Larry and Magic who would figure out a way, you know. And like, there's a timeout early fourth, and Larry and Magic are saying, "Hey, we got to play this way." Whether it's go through Shaq or whether it's go through Magic or it's post up on Steph Curry, whatever it is, they, those guys would figure out a way and get it done. No, listen, I know with KD and with with uh, Steph, they're definitely going to stretch the court out. But you know. Listen, I, I keep saying this all the time. I have never, and I was very fortunate to play with Michael, but I also played against a lot of good guys throughout my career. I've never played with anybody as competitive as Michael Jordan. And the guy that comes closest to him is the guy that would be on his team and Kobe Bryant. So I think just the competitiveness of those two would probably push that team over the edge. But it would probably be one of those games that you played them 100 by one, you got to win by two, and the final score would probably be 175 to 173. Uh, I, I like it. I like it. And then you got Wennington on one bench and Purdue on the other bench is, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> you, you guys would need to be out there. Yeah, hey, man, it's, it's one of those things. I can get a glass of water like the best of them. <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.